Okay, so I'm just going to share. I'll try to keep it concise. Um, but really, what is this? What does this whole Christmas message mean? You know, when when it says, "You shall call His name Emmanuel," which is God with us, and in us, and through us, and and uh, it really defeats the whole idea that we could ever be separate from God. And and uh, uh, the shepherds proclaimed peace on earth. You know, in Hebrew, they would have said shalom, which is everything. It's health. It's it's uh, abundance. It's protection. It's peace in every area of your life. It's wholeness in every area of your life and goodwill towards men. And so any message that's not that, that somehow we're, we're separated from him and uh, we have to perform in order to be blessed by God is not the gospel. It's just been perverted over the years. And so anyway, I, I just want to share briefly what you see this theme over and over and over and over in Jesus's teachings and all the, the New Testament teachers is what is this thing where, where John the Baptist says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and Jesus comes and he says, the kingdom is not observable. It doesn't come with observation, meaning it's going to be somewhere where you can't see it because the Jews were expecting a physical kingdom. But there is a kingdom. There is a, there is a, a, a rule, a, an authority, a um, a way things work. And he, then Jesus says, here's the secret that's been hidden for ages, but is now revealed is the anointed one, the Messiah, uh, is literally what Christ means, is in you. Now that's a crazy thought because the Old Testament, when you were anointed, the prophets, the priests, and the kings were anointed. And so prophets, you know, foretold of, of different things and, and spoke um, with authority and, and priests could be face to face with God and could represent God to people. And, uh, uh, and then Kings, you know what a King is, right? Kings have the authority to rule. And, and uh, uh, you know, when Saul is anointed and he becomes King, he goes and Jesus is the same way. It, and uh, David and all these different things were types and shadows of when they were anointed, they went from a nothing status basically to this amazing kingly status. And, uh, those were all pointing to something great. And then what, what the secret that's been hidden for ages was the anointings in you. And he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh is what uh, Peter talks about at Pentecost. And it's, you know, in Acts 17, I think it is. And uh, it's Joel prophesies about it that he says, listen, it's not going to be just prophets, priests, and kings that are anointed in the Old Testament. The anointing is going to be in all flesh. It's poured out on all flesh. And it's the spirit of sonship. And the sonship, too, as we've been sharing over and over and over, means a lot. It means that you're one and co-equal with the Father. When a Jewish family, even today, when they bar mitzvah, they, they go, hey, you know what? We're giving sonship over to you. That literally meant they have the equivalent of the Father. So everything the Father owns, the Son owns. And so all these themes are just trying to show the same thing, that uh, the kingdom, what is this? Uh, what is this, the Messiah, the anointed ones within? That you, What is joint heir of Jesus Christ? What is every promise is yes and amen in him? Um, what are some more New Testament ones that I talk about all the time? Like all the promises are yes and amen. I blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Um, you're complete in Christ, nothing lacking. They're all trying to tell you the same story, guys, that you're one with him. You're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You own everything, you know, and uh, as he's talking in, in uh, 
uh, John 16, where he says, until now you have had asked anything in my name. And that name is literally, is literally uh, like my surname is, is Popovich. So my kids had to do nothing to inherit everything Barb and I have except for be born. They were born into the family. And then he says, there's a name above every name. You guys, you guys might have Popovich, but all humanity is birthed from him. And then Jesus comes along and he says, hey, you know what? Uh, up until now, you have asked anything in my name. Why? Because they didn't even know they could be, they were sons. They thought God was this distant thing. And then he says, this thing that's been real for ages, but is now revealed as the anointed one, the Messiah that you've all been looking for outside is with him. So what does this really all mean? The kingdom's within. Ask, you shall receive in my name. So you, you will receive, period, end of story. So your joy may be full. And so I just want to share a couple things with you. And I'm going to go into this more in detail next week. But I really want you to understand this. Jesus comes and, and he says that the human heart contains riches beyond our wildest dreams. He says uh, in Mark 4, I was sharing this with some friends today online, where he gives the parable of the sower. And uh, he says this. He says, um, <clears throat> he says, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand anything I tell you. And so I find most people don't understand that parable, so they don't understand Jesus's words. They distort it, they twist it. We get all these weird theologies, and uh, we get all these weird things. And so in Mark 4, he's talking about the kingdom. First he talks about the parable of the sower. Then he tells us, hey, he tells the disciples, hey, here's what the sower, the sower is. The sower sows a message, and those who receive it into their heart, the heart is the soil is what he says, those who receive it, produce 30, 60, 100 fold. The heart has the ability in itself to magnify, to multiply. All source of life is within. That's why it says, guard your hearts and minds with everything you got because in it is life. And so any other idea that life, that, uh, that abundance, that peace, that, that divine protection, that uh, joy, anything you desire in your life comes out of here. And it's freely given. You've been given everything. And it comes out of here. That's the kingdoms within. And so he says something so interesting in Mark 4.26. And he says, uh, he's given another idea of what the kingdom looks like. Remember, the kingdom's within you. It's, it's inside you. The literal creative power of God is in you. And it's your human heart. It's the secret place of the Most High where nobody can see it. But what's done there is going to be seen by all is what he says. And then he says this. It's like a seed. And it says, it's the seed has the power all by itself to produce. He goes, you plant the seed in your heart, and we know not how. You go to sleep, you wake up, but whatever you plant there, you will receive a harvest. It says, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. And the earth produces a crop uh, all by itself. We know not how. Meaning the power of God, the anointing of God is within and so the kingdom operates like that. And I, I looked up all by itself in the Greek today, and it's automatos, where we get the Greek word automatic. And uh, if you go look at it, it says the seed produces a crop all by itself. The earth is what it says. And Jesus tells us the earth is our heart. And if you look up automatos, it says needing no external force. So what does this actually mean? It literally means your heart has the ability to produce any result you desire. If you plant good, you're going to get good. That's why it says choose life. You plant negative, you're going to get negative. And we don't know how. We don't know how, you know, this is this mystery that I just love. 
pondering was when I when I plant a corn seed, how does that little, I don't know what it weighs, but tiny, how does that little thing of mass, that little physical thing produce this huge corn stalk? Where does it come from? Where does all that extra mass, where does all that multiplication of the seed come from? You can't explain it. Scientists can't explain it. But he says, if you get that, everything in your life is going to change. You're going to understand everything about the kingdom if you get that. If you don't get that, everything I teach, you're going to distort and it's going to be confusing to you. And so, so if the seed, which is our thoughts, what we, what we put in of, at any meeting we take and we accept in our heart is true, it's going to produce all by itself. Automatic, automatos is what it says in Greek, needing no external force. And so how does this thing all work? I just want to uh, share one kind of cool thing. I don't know if Jim Farmer's on here or not. If he is, I'll, I'll see if he wants to share a bit later. But he just sent me a, a thing, which I'll, like I said, I'll go more in detail a week, a week from now in the service. But uh, he's in a businessman's um, mastermind group with uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And uh, <clears throat> they were all talking about what they want in their businesses and they desire. And as a typical business guys, they started getting into well, how much capital do we have? And this is what you're going to need. And they started to logic all this stuff through. And uh, I love it because what Dean said is he stopped them and he said, listen, guys, you don't need any capital. You don't need anything. The thought imagined has the power in itself to bring it to pass, just like the seed. Everything you're going to need, whether it's capital, whether it's uh, the right relationships, whether it's this needs to happen, regulatory from the government, et cetera, everything will fall into place all by itself. And so he shares this testimony also with this other guy who said, uh, I chose to believe something impossible and crazy on purpose because deep down inside, I knew that believing in something impossible would be the only way I could convince myself that. Uh, any idea I planted in the heart and held it in my imagination would come to pass all by itself. And so any, I'm not going to share all the details of it, but basically, sure enough, after five months, <clears throat> um, he says, this affirms more than anything ever that we do, in fact, have the power to create literally any result we desire. And so he says, what's the exact result you want to create? What if you believed right now in this one moment that you could literally create any result you wanted in your life? Which result, which result would you choose to create? What would you start to think right now? What impossible belief would you dare to say out loud? And so then he just goes about how he did that. He goes, even his mind would waver and go, this can't be, but he just held on to it. And surely enough, it came to pass. I'm not going to give you all the details right now, just for time. So that's cool. So if you desire health, if you, if you, uh, I share this a lot. I love what Mike Charbo sent me with the, that gymnast where she's paraplegic. You know, she breaks her neck and severs her spine. And, and uh, the doctors are saying, you might get some relief back. You might be able to, you know, use your hand to, to maneuver a wheelchair or something. And she just says, time out, stop. I don't accept that. She goes, and they're asking her all the medical things, which they have to. Hey, can you feel this? And can you feel that? Can you move this? Can you move that? She says, stop. Stop asking me all those questions. I can still see in my mind what it looks like to flip, and I can feel what it feels like to flip. I still have my mind. And so they said, well, what do you really want? What result do you want? If you could create any result, literally, because the human heart has the power to do it, all things are possible to him who believes, what would you create? She says, I'm going to walk to my prom in three weeks. 
And sure enough, she does it. Against every medical diagnosis, against everything. So what did she do? She said, I blocked out every, every physical thing that reminded me that I'm a paraplegic. And I went into my imagination and I saw what I wanted to see and I felt how it would feel as if that was true. And it came to pass. That's the kingdom. That's your heart and mind in coherence. And so if you, if you desire a different health uh, situation, a healing, you don't battle, you don't, because there's no external effort required in the seed. The seed has the omnipotence and the power of God in itself because the heart will produce whatever you plant there. So you're not battling demons. You're not battling this spirit of sickness, anything like that. All you're literally doing is choosing a different result in your mind. You go, you know what? Um, you see yourself as whole and you feel what it feels like as if it's already done. You know, John 16 says, whatever you ask, you have. So your joy may be full. So it's not if, it's not if you're doing it right, it's not anything like that. Uh, you have it. In fact, what you're that really, that word ask is the Greek word ahitio, and, it, and we think of it in English as like, um, hey, can I have this? And literally, really what it means is, if you're a joint heir of Jesus Christ, and you already own everything, so everything he has, you have. So if you want divine health, you have it. If you want divine abundance, you have it. If you want uh, uh, joy, you have it. Um, if you want love, you have it. It's really a fascinating thing. And so all that prayer is saying is when you realize you're a joint heir, that you can pray in his name, meaning I am a family member of, of Jesus Christ, in fact, a joint heir, then that ask means to lay claim to what I already have. So our prayer is not convincing God to do something to us, outside of us. It is agreeing in our heart of what's already true about us. And that's really how we receive. We just go, you know what? He's given me the ability to choose life or death. I can choose whatever I want. And if I'm going to choose this, then I already have it. All I'm doing is laying claim. That's that Greek word, ahito. I'm laying claim to really what I already have. Thank you, Father. I already have this. And so <clears throat> if, you, if, you, um, if, you're having, if you're looking for something in your physical body or uh, something to change, I would just recommend you start seeing yourself as that already that person. And, and meditation is simply rolling something over and over and over in your mind and in your heart. And so the way we can change our heart and replant what's in there is meditation of an image. And words are just uh, an image in pictures or a, a picture in words. It's the same thing, really. So I would start telling yourself over and over, I'm whole, I'm vibrant. It feels so great to have this divine health. It feels so great to be able to free. It feels so great to do this thing. And you see and feel knowing that that seed has the power in itself and it will produce. It's not an if. And so I would, in fact, I'm going to read you something from uh, Joseph Murphy's. Which one is this? The cosmic power within you. This is so good. And so <clears throat> let's see, what is this? Uh, okay. So recently I talked to a woman who has been treated with my wife shared this with me yesterday. Right. And she's like, this is so good. This is why it's so bad to believe in an external devil and any power of spiritual warfare and anything like that. Recently, I talked to a woman who's being treated with ultrasonic therapy and aspirin for arthritis. She had been praying, but she said, every time I begin to think of health, harmony, peace, the thoughts of incurability, pain, deformity, fill my mind, I can't think of health. The reason for this was since her infancy, she had been conditioned to believe in the incurability of many diseases. Since she believed that arthritis is crippling and cannot be healed, she seemed to lack the capacity to deliberately and decisively choose health, choose health harmony, wholeness. She was able to neutralize this attitude, however, after she followed my instructions. I explained to her that the first thing 
she had to do was disabuse her mind of belief in two powers. Paul tells us clearly there's one spirit, guys. One causing sickness, and there's something else out there, whether it's the devil, the demons, or anything like this, uh, with any power. One causing sickness, and the other determining the degree of health, meaning there's two opposing things. She actually believed in these two powers and failed to perceive the simple truth that the cause of all sickness, all poverty, all misery, all suffering in the world is rather prevalent belief in them, which causes the mind to be double-minded and unstable in all its ways. She decided to get back on the beam of life, so to speak, and bring her mental field of vision into focus. She affirmed, I believe once and for all there is but one love of God. He says cosmic power. I replaced it with love of God, so you Christians don't freak out. I believe once for all there's, all, there's but one love of God, which is wholeness, beauty, perfection. I know and believe that the greatest secret in life is to know and be, believe in the one power, which is infinitely good and perfect. I consciously claim, that's really a hiteo, that I lay claim to it. I consciously lay claim that the healing love of his power, which created me, is now depositing in my body everything I need. I am the temple of the living God, and I glorify God in my body. As she continued in this prayer, her faith in one power increased and her belief in an evil power gradually diminished until her conviction of the one love of God, the one spirit, whatever you want to call it, that reigned supreme in her life. She continued with the ultrasonic therapy and gradually her limbs became supple. All the calcareous deposits, characteristics of arthritis were eliminated. The edema subsided. Her body became a channel for the one presence, the one power, which always moves as beauty, love, and shalom, peace. Her enthronement of the power in her mind versus any other thing was... It was functioning in her body, neutralizing everything else that contradicted this in her heart. That's cool. So that's just an example of health. Um, let's see, did I put it? Oh, so if you want to, uh, if you desire abundance, um, you, you, the heart has the ability to produce it. So what we really need to do is produce an idea of abundance in our heart. And we create a picture of abundance in your mind. What would it look like? What would it feel like? And so... This might be challenging for some of you guys, but my wife and I are talking to our kids a lot about this right now, is we're removing any language of that's expensive, um, you can't afford that, or um, how are you going to get it? You got to go to school for that. You need a good job for that. And so, because that's not how it works. It says the seed in itself has the power to produce anything. So you got to remove the double-mindedness again. And what that means is, you remove all talk of that's, exper that's expensive. Um, this is a big one for people. I lost my job. That's why I'm in this situation. That's double-mindedness, guys. It really is. I know that sounds crazy, but you need to replace. Your job is not your source. It has not, your heart is your source. It says guard your heart with everything because out of it are the boundaries of how much life you're going to experience. And so... If you start replacing these ideas of uh, uh, there's no good jobs right now, the economy's this, um, what are some double-minded things? Who's in office? The Republicans, the Democrats, it has nothing to do with anything, guys. It, it really is not. In fact, it, it's really fascinating, like any mortgages or anything like it. People are like, are you watching this? I remember our friend, he's like, because we got like the lowest interest rate ever. I go, no, I just felt led to see what it was today. He goes, it's literally the lowest it's ever been. I go, oh, great. I didn't even... You just led to do it. It's an interesting thing. It's not, we didn't think about it. We didn't do everything. And so I would replace any thought of, I don't have a job. I can't pay my bills. There are no good jobs. That's expensive. Um, all of that will produce in your heart exactly what it is. And so I would just, I would 
switch that to go read Second Corinthians 9, basically. And he's talking about seed time and harvest in there. He's, he's not only talking about physical giving, he's talking about your heart giving. And he says this, he goes, listen, God's not mocked. Meaning that God's not up there going, you didn't give this or this dude and this. He's going, whatever, whatever you plant in your heart, you're going to see. That's the power of God. That's the anointing one within you. So if you have this idea that as I, if I give, then I'm going to have less, your heart will produce that. And you'll be stingy and you won't dare to give. But if you, if you change it to what he says, he goes, I'm the same God that gives bread to the eater. So the same person in the same economy in the same state that's struggling to make ends meet, the next guy's becoming a billionaire. And he goes, it's the same God. It's the same spirit. What's different? Their thought process, what they've planted in their heart of who they are. And so I would start replacing that differently. He goes, listen, you share the mind of God. He goes, I'm the same of God that, that somebody believes I'm just barely going to provide for them. That's going to be God to them. And they're going to produce that, that harvest in their life. If they also believe that I have this infinite supply, abundance is everywhere. He's, he loves me as a father. I'm a son in the father's house. Wealth comes to me effortlessly, easily, abundantly at all times that I always have enough to give, and I'm still going to have a ton left over. I give freely and I receive freely because there's an ever abundance flowing at all times. It's the same God. Your heart will produce whatever you see him as. And so I would encourage you to be the other guy, be this abundant, cheerful giver, knowing that he's supplying every need at all times, not only so you can take care of the body, he's going to use somebody. That's what he says. It's going to go through somebody. And that same person who, who, uh, who waters is himself watered. When you pray for somebody, you yourself receive that. As you give to somebody, you give that giving back, pressed down, shaken together, running, overflowing. That's the concept of the seed. Whatever the heart believe in the heart magnifies. And so I just gave a couple examples of health and, and, uh, and abundance because that's what John talks about. He goes, beloved, above all else, I want you to be in prosper and be in health. Well, what do I see mainly in the church? Sickness and struggle with money. And uh, says the law makes you weak physically and beggarly. <laughs> so if you think God is this God who's divvying out something externally, I, I prayed for God to do this and he didn't do it. No, you plant that in your own, your own heart. See yourself as already that person as if it's already done and it'll produce on its own. So that's really all it is. So anyway, your heart literally has the ability to produce any result you desire. So as we enter 2020 here, like I said, I'm going to do this next week in a little more detail. I just wanted to do a short teaching here so you have it. Um, what do you really want? If you, could, if you knew you could produce any result you want, there's no qualifications needed, there's no capital needed, there's no special job requirements, there's no special anything. There's not even special faith. You've all been given the measure. It works on its own. You don't even have to understand it. But if you can hold a picture in your mind, as Joe Dispenza says, he says, listen, have a clear intention. That's the desire of your heart and the emotion. He goes, your, your, your brain, your mind, basically is a relic of the past. It, it maintains all of these past experiences. He goes, that gives off an electrical charge. And your heart is, is really in every cell of your body as well. The emotional part of you is really a, a record of the past too. When this happens, this is how I feel. And this is how I feel most of the time. He, so because that gives off this magnetic charge. And what's a magnet? Magnets attract. That's really what they do. So he goes, if you want to change, you change the images you place in your mind and you feel a different and elevated emotion. He goes, it's gratitude and love are the fastest ones. So how I pray is you're like, 
wow, Lord, it feels so good to have this. I see myself having it and I feel the feeling of having it with gratitude. Knowing that that itself is the kingdom. That itself is going to produce a result that needs no external force. The people, places, things, if I need it, will happen on its own. And everything in your life will change when you get it. It's auto, it's automatos, I wrote in Greek. It's automatic. It needs no external force. Everything it requires will happen. It will attract the people, places, things, events, all by itself, so that your joy may be full. How's that? 